something. I deliberately didn't do research or listen to any more podcasts so that I wouldn't know what's coming today. Really? Yeah. Well, welcome <laughs> to Essie's Hour of Love. <laughs> I am your host, Essie. I realized I should introduce myself, but I, I thought it would be self-explanatory that I'm Essie. Oh, but, no, but never. Probably no, not. No, no. But, it's um, like a stand-up comedian just showing up and leaving <laughs> and you going, who was that? Who was that? They're great and I can't look them up. I can only describe them. Actually, you wouldn't even be able to look me up because it's <laughs> under... It, I don't, well, it's Essie Zah, but on all the social... Like, my social media is Esther. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Well, that's your uh, stage but, name is Essie. I should introduce you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so our special guest today, tonight, is Florence. Except I... Are you trying to say my last name? Is yeah, that but I'm going to freak it up. <laughs> so if you could say it, that would be great. All right. So the real way to say my name is Florence Friebe. And that is very German. So if you can go... Then you can, and you can slide from the F to the R that way, you're golden. <laughs> that simple. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I would just like the... Good. Hundred like percent guarantee that I can't do any of the things. Yeah. Like, do, so I, I just tell him... people Florence Freeba. Freeba. Yeah, it's easier. Freeba, Freeba. Las Vegas. <laughs> do you um, I uh, I can't roll. I can't roll. Oh well, there's two ways to roll your R's. There's a tip of the tongue, and then there's a that's like a back gargling. of the throat. Yeah, it's more like a gargle. Right. That's the German way. That's that's why it's so unromantic compared to. But when I think of the Germans, I think romance. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> yeah, I oh, think yeah. I was not to be serenaded by the Germans. But you didn't grow up in Germany or anything, did you? No, but that growing... was a good accent. Ah, well, yeah, I'm half German, so yeah, I, and you speak, and I do speak some German. I would say I'm, I'm at the proud level of a five-year-old conversing oh, in German. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it up so that it doesn't cuz it can go south. I can get worse. So what do your parents what do you listening? What do you talk with your parents at home? Both, especially when I'm trying to talk to them on my cell phone. In public, I tend to try and practice in German. A because I feel like I'm ha- I have a secret. Yeah, you're showing and, off. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, uh, Even in public because I like to be able to talk about anything. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Even if it's embarrassing, like, Mom, I, I shrank another pair of socks or whatever it might be. You know? <laughs> that was so, so... When you say embarrassing, that was definitely not what I thought. No, the angle. No. <laughs> did I you catch thinking, yourself I did, I did. Yeah, I was okay. like, I don't have anything embarrassing I could think of, but I know for a fact that I somehow shrank a pair of socks, which was just, to me, sad, because socks shouldn't... Yeah, no, that's a good, I mean, it's a good point. I just have to make sure it's recording. Yeah. Yeah, I think good. we're good. I mean, there's been times <laughs> where it's just like not. Not at all. So but you can't recreate it. Um, I will, thank you for coming on tonight. Oh, thank you for having I me. I should say the date. Just I like to always say the date, um, which is the February. It's, it's definitely Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. I think it's the 7th. I don't know, actually. I think just, it's the seven. I'm just going to check You want to fact phone. check? We can. I, I thought that the iPhone and would I tell me quicker to... than this. Uh, the seventh, yes. Ah, great. 
and I so we've been we've known each other for what about a year and a half or so I'd say so at least yeah something I've known about you longer than that since I've known Bryony yeah well so then I think probably a couple of years Um, yeah I heard S S-E-S-S-R for so long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was like, wow, this person must be phenomenal. And you were. And you were. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How, what do you, how do you explain who you, who who you are or what, meaning who you are, but like what you do? Because you do a lot of different things. Oh, I do a lot of different things. So how, if, if, so if you're at a party. Yeah. A happening party. Yeah. And um, let's just, you know. Yeah, but Essie's out love. Like a cute guy comes up to you and says, "What do you do?" Ah, okay. What oh, do you good play? question. You know, this is more recently. I've been exercising this and making an intentional, or creating an intentional answer in the way of saying that I'm a performer first. Right. I was I, wondering what I you... think. As a, anyone that's creative, you tend to lead with the most comfortable thing to explain, which for some reason we default to what makes money per hour consistently and that's understandable because we almost don't want to explain ourselves any other way. Um, <clears throat> so I always say I'm an improviser, performer, actor, writer. That's what I do in the nighttime. Oh, and a storyteller. And then in the daytime, in order to sustain that, I work at a law firm that specifically represents nonprofit um, cases. <clears throat> Sorry, I... I had a kebab. Of, yeah, I had a kebab, and apparently that uh, is not good for the voice. I had an ice cream, and I feel <laughs> yeah, a little flimmy. Yeah, I put, I, can I say? Yeah. I made tzatziki, like, a couple of days ago, and I specifically went bringing my Tupperware of tzatziki to put on it. To the, <laughs> to the kebab place. Wow. Did they ask I love you? sauce. Um, no, is, I just is pulled that the yogurt out. sauce? Yeah, I just yeah. pulled it out of my backpack on the table. Where they presented the rest of my wild food. one. <sighs> Everything sauce makes the meal. I asked them to put it in the wrap. Extra. You did last yeah. time. Yeah, I want it. Yeah. In, except once, once they misunderstood me and they, I asked for a chicken kebab kebab wrap, um, with you know the white sauce inside. Except all they gave me was chicken and the white no, none, of, <laughs> none of the lettuce or and I was so upset and like a burger and cheese just the burger, burger and cheese, cheese. and, and I, I was so upset like I got home you know yeah. when you're just so yeah, looking because you're not going to open the wrap before to check it you no. only find out the moment you try it and I, all I could think of was the hormones <laughs> the amount of hormones between the dairy and the beef yeah the meat. and just so much like this was a couple I mean I didn't finish it and I, I was so upset like, you know, I was like, well, just enjoy what you have. I just love that you and I both think of the hormones yeah. because of, like, nutritional. Yeah. yeah. Well, my mum. Well, but... specifically just us. Yeah. So much hormone going on. Yeah. I get you. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, so you've had to train yourself to kind of answer just, like that. I've just had to tell myself to be aware of it because I think... Anything like that, big or small, it reflects how you think about yourself. And I think it's important to sometimes fake it till you make it. Yeah. I think that's true with everything. I'm definitely not at a point at a party yeah. that I would say, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just who you are. It's one of the aspects that well, makes you it's you. A real, I've and if that... you want that to be your leading 
death, then just start saying it. I found that the people who do that tend to specify and then the opportunities arise a little quicker. I agree. Like, I mean, if I went to a podcast convention, I would say, if someone said, what do you do? I'd probably then say, say I have a podcast. Because that Essie's Hour of Love. Uh, you haven't heard of it? Essie's are, <laughs> a.k.a. Esther's are. Thanks for You're that. You're welcome for the plug. Making pro- up for the other ones. You I can't cut it. I can't pronounce your last name, so I can't do it Bugger. Florence <clears throat> Freeba. Freeba. the American version. Freeba. I'll have to get a stage name as well, because it's just not going to no, work. No, that's a great stage name. Also, you're going to say it most of the time. Oh, except just when people except introduce when you. Ever there's an introduction. <laughs> do you normally get an introduction? <laughs> <laughs> Um, in improv, when we take the stage, we do. We try and really? introduce each other. The one yeah. that I came to, you know what? I'm probably not going to remember. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, what a memory. That <laughs> that's the part of the show. Also right. sad because you didn't remember the rest of the show. But <laughs> that one. Yeah. That I bit. also, um, ter- are you good with names? Like when people... Terrible with names. The worst. Especially generic, in my head, oh, generic like- American names. John's, Matt's, um, Trevor's, like, it's almost like the moment they say it, it's a lost on me. I know for a fact I'm going to have to either really like their personality to get to learn their name, otherwise it's just your face I'm going to remember. Well, that's what I find really hard is, like, when I'm being introduced to someone, I'm just checking out so many, like, more important things (laughs) than the name, because the name isn't really going to affect any no. of this. <laughs> that's the after. That's like Ooh, the, the thing that That's just what after. we call you once yeah. we like you yeah. or not like you or whatever. But like, it's just the, li- like I'm thinking, oh, that was a solid handshake. Or, oh, they kissed me on the cheek and I just met them. It's or... so true. People would say to me, you're a good hugger or a solid handshake. Yeah. And yeah. It's so much more powerful than a name. Yeah. Unless for some other reason. Like, I mean, like, unless, well, unless someone turned, you turned around, someone said, meet my friend Justin Timberlake. Like, oh, someone, like, unless it's a... Hey, JT, <laughs> by the way, my whole 13th floor on the wellness floor at Emerson danced to your, to your album the whole year it came out. Did you just, is that a college That's thing? a college callback, yeah. Which album? Um, let's see, it was the one with Crimea River on it. Uh, no, 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 Sexy Back. Sexy Back had just been released. I, I'm wishfully thinking of Crimea River because that took me through a lot. But uh, no, Sexy Back, I believe, was but 2006. But wait, what album was Crimea River on? Wasn't that on Sexy Back, maybe? No, no, no. Crimea River was before that. It was like his, I think it was like his self-entitled original album, his first branching off of NSYNC. And then Sexy Back came out. And every freaking song on that album was so good. So good. And danceable. And I remember repeating it over and over, and I had just gotten these amazing speakers my dad gave to me, and I left my door open, and everyone would come in and dance just for a minute and then keep on going with their day. But JT brought so much joy on the wellness floor at Emerson College. Oh, you know, he listens to this. I hope so, JT. Hesse <laughs> Zar is requesting your presence on one of these podcasts. Hey, uh, have you heard Beyonce's new song? I saw the video Formation. today. Yeah. 
Okay. Good for that. Wait, what, what, what did you think about it? Uh, I found it really interesting and I had to, I googled the lyrics afterwards because oh, I, I couldn't good. quite hear what she was saying. Not that I'm going to fully the remember them. I was, mo- I, I was sucked more into the imagery. I could barely tell you how the song actually sounded. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see if the video version is the actual, like, if, if that would be the recorded song, like if you listen to it on Spotify. Because I feel like sometimes with the video they have an intro and they I, do. so I'm intrigued to hear what the actual, like if it was playing in a club or something, what would, what, what would be the version of it? Um, I don't think that's a club song, do you? No, I'm, oh, I'm sure. A okay. remix, I'm sure. Well, look, Skrillex or something. I love it how like... I said this one. I can't remember the last time I've been at a club. So, like, I I probably won't hear it as a club anyway. But if I'm sitting in a cafe and Beyonce comes out, I don't know if that's going to be the same version. I don't know. I mean, I thought a part of me just goes, like, good on her. Like, she, uh, I don't know. Maybe let's not talk about this. You know what it is? Is I, I saw it. And I literally didn't know what to think. Because I didn't know what she was trying to say. Yeah. I was so distracted by looking at her dance moves, the design of the video, especially because I've worked in production. Production, yeah. Um, and, like, the quality of just the visual aspect of it. I would need to watch it a couple more times to even have an opinion. Because, again, like you said, you Googled it. You were trying to look up the lyrics. Right. I didn't I didn't really understand what... And then, like, there's this moment where... It ru- ends right at the end and she's kind of like your power is all in your your paper and oh. I feel like every I think feel like a lot of things that she's talking about um could be interpreted a lot of different ways where I know if someone's probably listening to this and going no I know exactly what yeah, she meant yeah. I'm like I didn't yeah kind <laughs> um, of like that a painting in the MoMA where you're all just like no no this is what they're going, going for, for yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the first time actually that I've looked at comments on and then I just got I just always get frustrated by comments I don't, I don't understand yeah. people's comments um <laughs> I really don't I just don't get it I, but wait the, where are you finding these comments YouTube YouTube oh, yeah okay, I never okay. I, I don't think I've ever really ever looked at comments comments are weird people I think that lack an outlet well really you, can dive into comments because there's but they heard there's yeah like it's it's not like you're not don't have a voice like no, no I no. used to think when I would see three thousand comments I'm like why would you leave a comment there's yeah. three thousand yeah. of them but I realized people read like this is a legit area where yeah. people express them and people it's react a book and... it's an instant book if you were to print them all out it's an instant yeah. book of however many people contributed to those comments yeah so technically you could say. Hey, I'm gonna publish the comments of uh, Beyonce's new video. Let's have a discussion about what it means and what people are saying about yeah, it. Yeah, it would be fascinating. But and then you could go on a total rabbit hole and like if someone says something really strong, and then you follow, look at them and then look at other comments. Like you could mm. probably work out. Oh, they kind of they make the I don't know whatever. Yeah, you could be like, yeah. I, anyway, oh, 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 back away, back away, boom, boom. boom. All right, back. back, back. <laughs> Whew. Uh, oh, we got out. We got out. So, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, performing and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Because that's a part of, I feel like, with this podcast is you sort of, you know, you're 
you're having a voice and you're putting yourself out there. I'm saying you, but I'm kind of meaning me. Like, yes. um, and it makes me really nervous. And I know that you, you know, you write stuff that you perform, you tell your own personal stories on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, like, do you, do you sometimes, do you think sometimes, and you can overgeneralize what I'm trying to say, because okay. like, I could say it in so many different ways, but do you worry about people? Yeah people's reactions and comments and thoughts about it of course but are you asking me like what enables me to continue doing it regardless of yeah okay. it's exactly what i'm asking um thank you for that let, let <laughs> me let me think about this uh, is it okay if i just verbally work through this yeah okay yeah that's why it's as he's yeah, hour <laughs> Someone said to me today, like, I don't know if I can commit to listening to your podcast for an hour. I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to listen at all. You really don't have to. Um, Let's see. My philosophy is regarding this. I'll start there. And again, I will go down a rabbit hole. So just um, help. I have my pillow. Oh, help Help keep you on track. Help me shift back into the right lane. All right. So wrong lane. (laughs) Wrong exit. So I would say I'm always horrified that people will misread, misjudge, or will hate what I produce. Um, I also am worried that can I just I'm, sorry don't yeah. maybe we should give some context of what of what I, you do or what you write produce. about or okay. yeah like what just a little so, bit of background. On, I think that's a good yeah. idea. So as an improviser and a sketch comedian, I write sketches and. I also, as a storyteller, write and perform my own stories. So when I'm a storyteller, when I put that hat on, I usually write from a point of truth and something that's inspired me or something that I think is worth sharing. Um, Storytelling for me is a wonderful emotional outlet that is a little, it's different than sketch comedy because it has that emotion that can, and that weight that can be carried with it. Um, and I love Mike Birbiglia, who is a wonderful, he's known among comedians as like, a, I think, a stand-up storyteller. And I love that genre, and that's how I enjoy communicating when I do a performance by myself. Um, and I can kind of, with storytelling in general, I get really nervous that I won't communicate the story in a way that people will have it resonate with them. That's my biggest concern with storytelling because regardless of their reaction, it's the truth. And I just want to serve the story as well as possible with my performance. Right. So I think a story in itself has its own value and I just want to make sure that value isn't diminished by how I feel that day or how I communicate that day. So that's my biggest fear with storytelling, not so much the audience's reaction because I think when you do it enough and all you have is one person come up to you or even out of a bunch of shows and say, I really connected with that one moment or I couldn't believe you spoke to that, it reminded me of this, then you're good to go. You could keep writing stories and performing them and you really just stop worrying and in fact you're just more excited to do the next show and to create another story and to experiment and see what buttons can I push, what feelings can I trigger and what else do we share as people. Do you find that that you, 
but it's taken a while to build the confidence up to, to get into that headspace first. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When I first was asked to do a storytelling show, it was a fluke. He had, my friend had an extra space that became available the day of, and he texted me and said, hey, can you fill this space? And I was like, yeah, I don't, I can't collect a team fast enough though for improv or anything like that. Can I just go by myself and do a story? And he was like, sure. And I said, it's comedic, I promise. How much, um, what, how, and how much time did, how I had, long was your set? I think he texted me at like two and the performance was at seven. No, but how long was the performance? Oh, I think like 10 or 15 minutes, Ooh. which you really need a proper art because you could talk aimlessly, but you really need a proper story. Um, and I think the theme was braces and somehow I was thinking of puberty and high school, which is free association. That's improv for you. Like I thought puberty high school. And then I saw this old marble in my room, which was a totem for something that had happened to me in high school. And I wrote that story real quick and I, Right before the show is when I finally was able to print it and like read it at least two or three times before I performed it, and then I was like, "Oh, I love this." Yeah, I absolutely. But you didn't take it. the piece of paper up though. No, no, I just did it off of memory. I find you need to pay attention to your audience when you. Oh yeah, no, but just because you said you read it two oh, or yeah, three yeah. times, like I yeah. feel like I had a visual of you with a piece of paper in yeah, your hand. I but yeah, I just didn't want to miss um, the outline of it. There's too many important pieces that made it a story. Yeah, I, I find that's my biggest worry in storytelling is that I'm going to miss a piece of the puzzle and then you won't understand how well, much it was. Especially when it's your own story, you know it so well. So it's very easy sometimes to skip over these yeah. bits. Yeah. Well, you do and you also want it to be entertaining. So yeah. you need to skip over some bits. Right. To make it relevant. Because, oh my God. <laughs> I always get nervous when someone says to me, I'll make it quick. And I'm like, that straight away says to me, you don't, you don't know, know how, how to, to do quick. that. Yeah. This is going to be a long, boring story. <laughs> and I'm going to have to just oh, go with it. I had a friend that did that before. And they had, I will say they, um, they had like a five-minute slot. Just in case you say boy or girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell. They had a five-minute slot, and I swear it went on for 40 minutes, and they didn't realize it. Wow. They just had a complete... I've seen that before. Loss of time. It's amazing. Loss, yeah, they lost track of time. And the whole audience, if you actually paid attention, you would have been able to know Watch what was going on. The energy. Yeah, but they Isn't just... Isn't there like a bang it? Like a ding, ding, ding? You know what? This I don't. I think they None trusted that this person would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, was it, I mean, was it enjoyable at all? Or you just kind of stopped listening? I think you had to stop listening yeah. in order to... It was uh, one of those where you got caught up on the same detail and repeat, repeated it over and over, just in different ways to amuse yourself, but not the audience. There is this fine line, and I'm terrible. With my sister, I'm terrible. Because maybe it's because I know, know her, she's my sister, that when she even starts talking, I know what she's going to say. So I'm like, yep, I got it. Stop right there. I, yeah, move on. <laughs> move on. Yep. And again, got it. Got it. I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. Stop it right there. You know what that reminds me of is this time. She's terrible. The first time I got high, I ate too much brownie in Amsterdam. And do you remember Donnie Darko where he has this time warp, like time 
tunnel basically coming from out of his body yeah. and going forth. And it was a time traveling like device. So he could see where he was going to go. At least that's what I interpreted it as. And I remember when I first had a brownie in Amsterdam because I was too scared to do it where it was illegal. So when I went there, I finally tried it. And um, I ate too much. And I started traveling in time by only 20 seconds into the future. So specific. So, well, I just remember going 20 seconds in the future, enough to have exactly that conversation that you were having with your sister, so that every time my boyfriend would say something, I'd say, shh, I already know. I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to talk about this. But it, I think it was a combo of me knowing him so well that I misinterpreted it as time travel. But also, I love it that what you started the story of not, I thought that I was 20 seconds ahead. You were like, I time traveled. I time traveled. I did. I, I time traveled. I was completely 20 seconds ahead. And then I would, because Donnie Darko had a great visual, I would zoom back into my body. And then I would be able to be in the moment and say, oh, no, I already know what's happening, but only 20 seconds ahead of time. So you don't need to say anything else right now. But I think it was a way of me saying, shut Shush. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got it. So don't mistake in time traveling for uh, just predicting what someone will say. With my sister Nelly, I have to like tell, like remind myself to stop it. Like, mm. just what's the what, what? Why can't you sit here and just hear her story? You know what? As someone that's learning about ADD, I'm realizing that sometimes you, if you know all the details and you can't stay focused, you almost want to involve yourself in it. So as to stay interested. Is that because sometimes I um I just guess pe- the Me end too. of people's sentences? I won't let people finish almost. <laughs> and <laughs> they're like, and then I ate lamb chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, whoa, excited. And I'm like, I'm just trying to stay focused. That's really what's Let's happening. Stay focused. Yeah. Uh, and I try to, and every once in a while I go, or I'll just let you finish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you want to. Like, I think it's more of a nerve thing for me because I feel like I do it more when I meet someone at a party or something. <laughs> and then I just try to make up with it with a joke. Like, yeah. oh, we'll just wait and see. Yeah, we'll just... And I'm going to try and predict your story. Yeah, and I don't even know you. So why would you be eating lamb? <laughs> anyway. I guess it's just wishful thinking. Yeah, I love lamb. what I want <laughs> right now. But uh, no, and I could just imagine how annoying that would be especially some people do love a pause when they're speaking they love like a moment to collect themselves which is just for me it's just like leeway like space yeah 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 yeah. that's exactly what it is and now i've had to come to realize and i think this is what improv is great for it's a microcosm of all of your habits Mm. and you become hyper aware of it so my coach will say take care of yourself in this scene take care of yourself or slow down. What does he mean? Slow by down take care? and let it breathe. So take care of yourself. I was just in a scene where um, we had to mime. We weren't allowed to talk, and there was this fellow passenger on the train that was clearly crying. And I went over in order to interact with them, but the thing is, I hadn't established a character yet, and I had to take my time and take care of who I was and make sure people understood who I was and form an opinion and be a person before anyone could understand what I was about to do or how to interact with this person. I needed to inform myself, in fact, so that I knew how to 
react to the situation honestly. Right. But without giving myself that time to create and build myself, I couldn't properly react. Because, I guess, because your reaction of someone crying on the train is, your real one is to just go straight and right. ask. Right, exactly. Better. So I'm like, I'm not sure, well, so am I going to pl- kind of play myself now? Yeah, or well, do when I you mind, you can't explain anything. Yeah. So you have to show it. And in improv, that's, I think, one of the biggest things is you take action instead of talking. Um, that's where the fun is. That's where in UCB we call it the game. I think in improv in general, it's, it's the game. You usually enact it in a way. And, uh, yeah, I had to figure out a way to physically show it because I, I wasn't allowed to use words. And by doing that, I became hyper aware of the fact that I had to take my care, take care of myself first, I guess, in a way. I hope I explained that well. No, you didn't. I guess I, yeah. So, and the teacher would kind of be like, can they sort of see it happening and be yeah. like, take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. We don't know who you are yet. Yeah, we don't know who you are yet. Take care of yourself. Interesting. Yeah. What a what a wonderful way to say it. Because it's not a negative thing to be like, take care of yourself. Oh, it's not. Can I name drop the yeah. coach? So Zach Willis is our coach, and he's a phenomenal performer at UCB Theater, and he's in Women and Men, and they just did a great run in Indie Cage Match, which any improviser would know about, um, in the city especially, and he's just this. He's an incredible teacher, one of those people that is able to speak to you as you are in a way that you can hear with an open heart and enact for the future. So, yeah. so what level are you at now at UCB? What's going I'm on? I'm in advanced um, hey, Herald. Yeah. yeah, so basically advanced study Herald is, yeah, you've graduated all four levels and you can apply to being a lawyer or a Herald team. I've already done my first audition last year, and it was terrible. <laughs> well, no, it was it was good. I, I knew I wasn't ready when I did the audition. When I went in, I was like, oh, I just graduated. How many do they normally accept? Like, I was, how many? I think it's like eight spots a year. Okay, so and this there's is... there's like, I'm guessing 2,000 people. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I knew I wasn't ready. I knew I was going to make a fool of myself. I didn't have enough practice. I was focusing more on sketch comedy at the time. My improv muscles were weak. I went in with people I didn't know. I wasn't comfortable. I mean, everything was against me, but I did it because I wanted to show up and I wanted to show myself that I was serious about it and that I wanted the judges to see my face and remember me for next year when I got better. Yeah. I also now, when you do it, so, sorry, is it coming up again, did you say? Yep. There's another Lloyd audition in March. Because now you know the process, you Mm -hmm. know how it goes, and you can let go of all that stuff because you've been... purely focus on yeah and I think it's not about getting in really I that's always the hope but it's just to show up for yourself yeah there's something about just showing up that you are able to tell yourself oh I'm I'm taking myself seriously regardless of the art form in this group does that mean you get a spot at UCB weekly like you're yes you'd be a house team cool which is a like a big stamp of your consistent your great performer yeah i love so i did i tell you that i went out for coffee with a friend and he um so he was like get he's like do you know what i did over christmas and i was like and i think he went upstate and you yeah. felt a bit sick and he yeah. was like yeah and he's like no i took a course but you probably think it's lame i'm like what i literally thought karma sutra 
Like, I was like, probably will think that's fun. Yeah, I mean, New York City has all sorts of meetups and classes. I mean, it could have been anything. (laughs) And he was like, I did a UCB class. And it was was just so interesting because I know, and I'm not even really in the improv world at all, but, like, I know UCB is, like, I mean, just to have one class there is fantastic and it's really hard to get into. Not because it's, like, exclusive. It's just literally so many people want to do it. Um, And I was just, I was like, you couldn't have told, like, that is the coolest thing you could have possibly told me, not, like, the lamest thing you could have told me. Well, you at least had enough background around understanding understand, what that yeah. world was to appreciate it. Yeah, Because no. to anyone else, they'd be like, what, what is that? What is well, UCB? I mean, I'm in the amount of Australians, hang on, there's probably only a couple, but I could imagine that there'll be a lot more of Australians that I've met that, that have just come over to New York to, you know, do some UCB classes. Really? And, yeah, I mean... It's That's incredible. Known, it's known as like, you know, one of the best improv schools in the world. And what I love about UCB, from what I'm understanding, is that they have a theory. Like, they have yes. their way. Mm-hmm. So you're really learning the UCB way. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like other improv places that I've been to, it's more, it's a very general, like, it's La- uh, they, lack of structure, I guess. Well, or you know a, what it is? This is the way I see it, not that it's right or wrong. Um, UCB has a, a well thought of and developed program. I think Ian Roberts really headed the book, the manual, the improv manual that they have out right now. And it describes a structure that they really took. I mean, when they say 10,000 hours, they really put in like 10,000 hours to figure out the way this thing works. And it's a structure, a long form structure of improv, whereas a lot of other theaters have um, short form improv, which is a different animal. Yeah. Because you can hop in a scene, hop out, and never see it again. Heralds in long form improv, specifically UCB, um, they do heralds, are 30 minutes long with the team, and you have a structure, and you have beats, and you have scenes, and you have to remember and recall, and you have to pay attention, and like be paying attention to the moment you're in now, as well as be ready to contribute to the next scene when it whenever it comes Comes. and make sure that it relates to what you were doing. Yeah. It's an incredible brain activity. When I, I did five hours of improv yesterday, which was the best day. And afterwards I felt like I was in a foreign country and I was just speaking a different language all day. You use a different part of your brain and it's wonderful. All right. So back to, you know, kind of putting your heart on your sleeve on, mm. on stage. Mm. Um, so if I link it back to say when I have people on the podcast, I'm very aware when you're talking about love that a lot of the time it's not just them that they're talking about when they're talking about relationships they've had and stuff. It's someone else as well. And I I've always, like it's easier for me to have um, morally... <laughs> It's easier for me to have to interview someone that doesn't have a partner than oh, interesting. when they do because I'm I just think that when I if I ask them questions about a, how they feel in a relationship or how they see the future of their life you know like lots of that they're really in a way they're talking about they're, them someone and their else. partner but when you're talking to someone that is available they may be they of course they'll probably tap into the past a bit Mm. but at least they've had time of reflection from that relationship Mm -hmm. they're not like in it and two I feel like 
a lot of single people are it's always there's a constant thought of like what do I think of love right now or what do I th- you know is it important to me or what am I looking for? So it's on the brain. Yeah. What its value is in your life at that moment. Yeah. But it's more like just about them rather than someone else as well. So like when you, when you're doing your stories and I I guess I'm going to stick more to the story element part because sketch, you you can write characters. I do. Yeah. Which is scary in itself because it's experimental. You have to put things out there that might offend people, which Comedy well, in general does offend people. But, but I guess that's what I'm... Yeah, so we can keep that in. Okay. Um, but when it's when there's a story that involves someone else... Yes. And that you, you know, who knows that... Say it was it had me in it and you knew that I was coming to the show or something. Like, are you... Do you, do you go through that, like, spiral of, oh, my God, and then that person could say that and they could, that and they could feel this? Or do you just sort of... Are you at a point where you can just go, no, no, I'm, this is the story I want to tell. It's my story. Are you asking me if I'm, how do I deal with being worried about yeah, who's in the audience? The aware, no, it's more just awareness that sometimes stories involve other people than yourself. Yeah. And oh. how much, how much do you give thought to that? I try. I think it's very restricting if you give it too much thought. I, it is. And I've run into that before where I had to think about, okay, could this person hear it if it were on a podcast? Or if it got out there, if I did it at the moth and it and it got out right. there, how would this person feel about it? So I I think the only way around it for me, because I don't like to omit people or the truth about things just for convenience, is to stick to the most truthful part of the story. And the, usually I, I frame my stories around a moral. Um, so if I'm trying to convey a lesson that I've learned, Mm. then everyone's a part of that. Right. And the only way to convey it is with everyone in that story. And that's how people connect because everyone represents that person somewhere along the way. But that also takes pressure off all the different characters because it's not about them, any one of them really. It's about the experience that you had. I mean, that's the only way I could tell Tell a story. No, I get it. Unless I do a character or I pretend that I'm that person or try and tell a story as if I were that person in my perception of them. But then again, that's only my truth. Yeah. That's the only thing I could own is my voice. And so at the end of the day, take it or leave it. It's my perception. Yeah. It's my story. Yeah. It's my story. And I'm sharing it for those that can connect and, also, usually, my hope as a human being is to leave the world a better place. So, oh, good. Yeah, That's so, nice you, know, you know, so when I try and tell a story, I'm usually hoping that it'll help someone, even with all of its humor or whatever I go after. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Because I'm such a uh, warrior. What is it you're worrying about in that regard? Like, I have, what? I just would hate. I don't know. I, I mean, I would hate for things to be shared that was personal, was personal for ah. someone. And, and it, you know, to have someone on the podcast where they may not be aware that that may hurt their partner's feelings if mm. they spoke about that or... And maybe it's me just going, well, that's up to them and, and there's, there's no way that I am doing this to 
share people's secrets or you know there's no um angle uh i'm not trying to okay so i think i think you just spurred something okay um there was a story i wanted to tell about someone very close to me but the perception of this person would have been pretty negative i think in a way but it was because they're in a negative part of their life but um I did. I struggled with that, and I was trying to decide if I would eventually tell it because I haven't had the platform for it to be significant in that way or just tell that story in a way. And um, I have tiptoed around it because I'm worried that eventually you'd get back to them and we wouldn't be friends anymore. Yeah. Because they'd be like, this is how you perceive me. This is how you perceive the situation. And it's specifically around a good friend of mine and and her boyfriend and, like, how they interact and, and... the ridiculousness of their relationship in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's almost joyful for me to tell because everyone has those pieces in some array in their relationship. And it's just that they happen to have all the extreme pieces all at once. <laughs> and you're also and just it, looking in and seeing yeah, it. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. And again, it's my perspective. Yeah. And hopefully, I guess... If it's important for me to say that they love me enough and know me well enough that we could speak to that truth together and... And see the humor. And see, oh, the, uh, see the... We'll share the heartfelt story and the humor in yeah. it. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I'm not going to go and bash... Like, I will bash for as long as I need to, but I bash because of a reason. Because I think it's worth it. Why? Because I don't want to see other people dealing with that same stuff. Right. I think we learn through experience a lot, or reading books. <laughs> um, but for a lot of us, we learn through experience, and when we share those experiences, we accelerate our learning. So yeah, I, I, I imagine that if they understood me well enough, and they're close to me in that way, I would just have to risk it. It'd be worth it'd be worth it, risking. That's the, I guess that's the interesting part. Is it worth risking it? Well, I'd rather that than holding it all in and no one sharing it. So a part of, and I think it's interesting, this whole thing of performing and talking about your experiences and your real life, because it's a, it's a really a therapy. Like it is. It's a, it is. And then you're like, because I struggle with like, okay, so how come my therapy needs to be in front of an audience? That's where I struggle. Like, why, why can't it be a per? Why do I feel quite? Because I definitely have could have written stories and could yeah could do that. You have it in you. you I still do. Can do it. Yeah, I can. But I a part of me doesn't. Not sure if I. Um, I think also because I grew up with my mum. Yeah. Writing one woman plays and performing them. And I, I, sometimes it was, you know, so you, I'm sitting there in the audience and there is my living room. Like the set design is my living room. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, this is incredibly close to home. And, you know, she would, like, her first, poor mum. No, she, the, in her first play, and I was very young, she said, she only brought us kids up once. And she said, I have two kids. <laughs> One can and say the alphabet backwards and the other one can watch six hours of television a day <laughs> and i was the second one i was like seriously mom out of you know 
you just don't bring us up. Just don't even. <laughs> if that's my intro, please omit me. Just say I have two kids. And I know for sure that's her therapy. And I, I mean, I love that about my mom. I think it's incredible she can do a one woman play for like an hour and a half. And, <laughs> and there's always broader um, concepts that she's, you know, it's not all just about yeah. her. It's, it, you know, yeah. um, different little storylines and stuff. But yeah, I find it very interesting that part of like uh, getting an idea out and stuff like that I like the thought of it being visible yeah and you're being vulnerable yeah you're up there and you're like but then I'm like yeah but you're putting yourself up there you're putting yourself up there and you're asking for reaction right otherwise why the hell are are you you doing doing it? it if you don't have a reaction of any sort then you're not doing anything I just wonder also if it's so linked to the joy and the help of other people doing it. Mm. Like I love listening to stories. Yeah. And I love movies. I love characters. Oh, I love film. I, I love, love characters. All that. So yeah. that's what, and like if I'm having a bad day, well then I just watch a sad movie because then I can cry. So yeah. that's you know, that's what yeah. you do. You know, so I'm used to that uh, gaining from other people's vulnerability, I yeah. guess, or the truth. Well, essentially, it's the whole idea of connection. You may not want other people, but you need them. Yeah. And w- if you end up being intertwined in somebody else's performance show, and it, whatever the case, it's inevitable because there are so many performers out there, and they have to draw from life of what they know, and we're all connected. Yeah. So it's just gonna happen. You can't talk about aliens, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you could. I mean... But again, they probably have some influence from your friends and what you know. Also, do you ever get to the point where you're like, no one actually even really cares about me. They're thinking about their 50,000 oh problems my God. in their head. Well, I know that to be true because that's what I say to myself. I remember when I was an intern, I think this happens at the beginning of your careers, whenever you get out of college and you get your first job or internship... You think whenever you make a little mistake, like I didn't know how to answer the phone. Yeah. Oh my God, so like a dumbass. I was like, how is this so hard? I went in there waltzing with my chin up going, yeah, I can answer phones. <laughs> Get on the damn phone. Hello. Okay, I'm going to transfer you. Oh my God, I hung up on them. Oh my God, I'm dead. And then they like come out going... What the hell happened to him? He was the president of FX. Like, what's wrong with you? And you think your life is over and everything is so momentous. And then you realize at some point... It doesn't. They weren't thinking about you after that. They just thought probably to themselves, dumb intern. They went along their day and they didn't even care about you after that. Whereas you're sitting there going, they hate me now. I, you know, I know, and, it's an, an amazing... Oh my God, how do I make up for it? Do I bring in a gift the next day? Or do I say sorry? Like... Do I bring it up more? Am I going to annoy them more? You're so in your head, and then eventually you get up the nerve of failing enough to where you get, you get used to it. Yeah. You get used to it, and then you stop being so neurotic about it. Well, what helped for me was I started to realize with a few different, especially male figures for some reason, they I have a much harder, harder time thinking, um, oh, wanting to please them for some reason or wanting to be really good for liked them, liked by them uh-huh. or like even i would go to older the point male of figures older male figures okay. like father, father aged figures. figures and i want to be perfect for them like uh... i want to be like perfect as can be 
And then one day, like I realized with one of my bosses, I was like, oh, he has two jobs, four kids, <laughs> wife, other like family. Like I am the tiniest speck on his brain. And yet the thought, the, the amount I'm giving this is ridiculous. ridiculous. And you, and I'm just like putting it into perspective and having to remind myself, yeah. remind myself that I, and it's not like a, I think that I should be a really important thing in their yeah. brain. Like I don't want to be, yeah. but when it's your sole purpose to help them or, or you know, to be a support for them yeah. or make their life easier, yeah. well, then you build your, you know, like, oh, yeah. oh my God. Well, that's when you're at a time in your life where the most important thing on your plate is creating who you are. Yeah. And your job usually tends to take a lot of that space on your plate. So whoever's in that job will too. And they are thinking, I just do this job to pay for all the other shit I have yeah. to do. Can I say that? Is that bad to say? Uh, you could is say. Is this explicit? <gasps> if you want. I've been, ho- I've been like, oh, really? Myself? Yeah. No, go for it. Okay. <laughs> I've been going mild-mannered saying asshole instead of anything. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, go for it. I don't care. Making it I do. Pinky. I click the explicit. <laughs> you Thank know. you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, and that's also, can I, can I geek out again? I'll compare it to improv. Um, when you get more comfortable as an improviser, you stop talking, you do more. And I think the same applies to just being in life in general. As you get older and more comfortable with who you are, you just get on with it. You do the work instead of worrying about what everyone else is thinking. Cause at the end of the day, it's what you do. Well, you also start to realize that everyone is just do, like, doing, their, doing their best and, and figuring it out. Because yeah. everything changes. You oh. cannot be ever update with technology. Oh, How? God. There's just Changing no right way. now. You, oh, you oh, have oh, to oh. be like, you have to be create, the creator of the technology to yeah. ever be on top of exactly. it. Exactly. Which even then, like, it, it, it supersedes you. Forget it. Forget it. So what is happening in the love life? In the love life? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I was not even thinking about this, to be honest <laughs> with you. Essie's Hour of Love, I should have thought no, I know more about it. it. Either way, whatever. But what about I take it back? Bum, ba, dum, bum. I take it back? No, I'm going to take it back. Oh, okay, let me, okay. Let me take it back. All right, all right, all right. And go, where Where would you say you're kind of at in, in love at the moment? I'm dating. You're a dater. I'm... I'm participating in the New York City dating scene. A good luck Yeah, it's hot. Whenever there's a rainbow, I wish. <laughs> a gold oh, pot, gold pot. Of a man. Yeah, you know what I um I feel like we've done a lot of yelling on this. I'm so sorry, sorry guys. So sorry. sorry and also I I do your laugh ever does your laugh ever change? Oh, it depends. Over my life my laugh has changed several times. I'd say it changes daily. It depends who I'm. Yeah. With. Well, there's there's different kinds of laughter in your cabinet of laughter, but over my life, my laugh has changed several has it, times. Has your and cabinet recently, got better, bigger, or it just? I think I just trade things in and out of it. Interesting. Does that makes sense. Mm. Um, but right now I'm in this weird operatic high pitch double laugh thing that I do, and I'm probably am breaking the mic when I've d- I've done it a many a time already. I have today. noticed when we've done it, we lean back. Yeah, because so we know it's a lot of volume. So maybe it will be fine. Maybe yeah, be fine. I hope so. I'm so sorry. So when you're saying dating, is that? Um, I'm actively going on dates. But is that online, like or? 
Well, I just or had a guy a tell me he loves me at the kebab place. Wow. <laughs> Which one? I don't know. He sat diagonal from me and said, I love you. And I was like, you love the food? <laughs> I love you. You love meat? <laughs> I love you. Your face. Your face. I love Aww. you. I like you. And then he looked up on his phone how to say something else. And he was saying, and he's like, take beer? And I was like, I'm sorry. I have a podcast. <laughs> I have to get to I can't deal with beers and people that can't speak the language at the moment. <laughs> That's very sweet. But, what uh, balls he's, he's got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but regardless, I'm going to stay on track. Here. Okay. I am um, dating. I was. Okay. I go through periods. Sometimes I feel braver than others. Sometimes I feel more um, extroverted at times. I just had an extroverted period where I downloaded OkCupid and Tinder and I just matched up with people on there and went on a date or two. It, I really am picky. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. I have a hard time. Like, I'll match up with people and then... Are you a bit snobby about how they first um, talk to you? Like, what they I mean, the first text is? I'm, I honestly should be more discerning. It's really more about... Um, what mood I'm in, which makes me a terrible online dater uh, for the person who's matching with me. Because if I'm in the mood to be extroverted and to just go on a date, you almost, we go zero to 60 and I see you ASAP. Right. I don't have time for texting. I don't care for games. I don't want to get to know you via my phone or, um, you know, any other form of IM. I don't care for it. Actions speak louder than words at this point. And anyways, I want to just share time with the person I'm dating anyway. So get on with get it. on with it, which I think weeds a lot of people out. Um, so that's Meaning how I they, am because they might be like, "Whoa, too fast." No, um, it's just immediate indicator of how they do things, right? And how they feel about themselves. And meeting in person is the only way to know. Not right. via I am. I can no. spend a lot of time doing that and weeding people out, but. Realistically, if if you make the time and the effort to pick a location, a time, and follow through with it, that in itself just showing up is a big, like, yeah. it's like 80% of it. Yeah. Um, and then the rest, you know, I give them a chance because first dates are nerve-wracking for a lot of people, so I will give them a second date. Um, no matter what? Yeah. No. Oh. No, no, no. But if there is a feeling, God, no, I don't have time for that. I was like, oh, wow. God. Once I said no to a guy because he had small hands. Like, that's just the kind of thing that I'm very like, attuned really to. Not comfortably, not comfortably sized for okay. me. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. felt like Seinfeld in that moment where I was like, am I really passing this on because he has small hands? Seinfeld did it to a woman because uh, she had large man hands, which was great. Did you see that episode? I don't know, but I've seen other ones where he definitely passes <laughs> yeah, over. for like one small yeah. thing. And uh, this woman that he passes on, they do a close-up of her hands, and they clearly got a man to, oh, to, do the to hand. break up a lobster. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it was outrageous. But in a sense, I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing the inverse of this. Let's right be real, though. Like... It, if you met the best guy ever and he's had small hands, I'm sure you wouldn't care. He obviously wasn't that. Right. You're looking at me like, yeah, no, 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 no. 
I think for me, hands are a big deal. Forearms and hands are a big deal. I'm not even sure if I would have noticed. Really? I don't. Oh, man. I mean, unless... I know a lot of ladies that agree forearms and hands are huge indicators of, like, whether or not you're attracted to them. I like a good head of hair. (laughs) Oh, hair is also a great one. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I mean, unless... We'd walked out and we'd held hands and my hand, like, oh. I'm, I'm, I mean, unless there was some. I have long fingers, though. I think that's another thing I should say. Oh, you do? Yeah. I was really great at piano when I was a kid. I was not. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so hands were just, I get, and I also rode, I pole vaulted. I had to use your hand. my hands a lot. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, Sorry, tangent. So if it's track. going, so well, okay, so if the date isn't going well, you don't see the, them again. If it has potential, you'll definitely have chance. another shot. Yeah. Yeah. I like to give people a shot. Because... <laughs> except for small hands. Except for small hands. Oh my God, I'm What other so stuff? So like, okay, so hands and you said forearms? Forearms. Yeah, because they connect to the hands. That bit. Yeah. <laughs> I clearly didn't know what the forearms. Was. Is this squeaky chair gonna be all <laughs> for the podcast? One day I will um, branch I... out and no, no, it's fine. It, the squeak adds to the podcast. I know. Wait, I got these table and chairs for a hundred bucks about oh, no, four years beautiful. ago. They're beautiful. I it's say just, they're beautiful. I would have brought a screwdriver to tighten the screw. Oh, uh, you don't carry one around. I don't. I just lent one to my other good friend, actually. <laughs> Seriously? I yeah, I do. Uh, I think I'm, I probably... Anyway. Anyway, please keep me focused. <laughs> so what else? What, is it, what, what else is a deal breaker? Um, deal breakers. Okay, f- so I would say someone overly conf- confident because I feel like they're overcompensating for something and then somebody lacking confidence. <laughs> No, you know why? I find that everyone I've dated seriously is either or an extreme. And you're trying to find the middle. Trying to find a balance is difficult. And I think I'm a strong personality. My dad said to me once, you're just going to have to find a man, grab him by the hand and like say you're mine, basically. And I love him for that because he thinks I'm a strong woman and he admires that about me. But my God, if men are scared of me so much to the point that I have to grab their hand and say, come with me, <laughs> then I'm a little worried. My dad says, I think you're going to be the type of person that just, you know, just finds that right one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have no shot with anyone except the right one. Just the right one. Just hang on, F, because that right one will pop up soon. Do you believe in the one? Oi. You thought about that? When my dad brings it up. Oh, 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 oh we hit an hour. Oh my god, that went by so crazy. fast. We'll keep going for a little bit. Okay. Just for fun. Yeah. For fun. In case you want to edit in something or edit out something. Um. Well, because no, because I feel like I brought up more my insecurities <laughs> during this podcast. Is that not normal for you to have a conversation over? No, that? yeah, it is. Okay. It is. That's fine. I feel um, like I've spoken so much more than you and I would like Well that's the purpose. Is that the, okay. Yeah, don't no, we we hope right. for that. Um I don't know if I believe like that there's one 
It's, I don't have a rom-com going on in my brain that there's one person out there that is the only person I for me. And da, da, da. I mean, it, like, I, it I has mean, love re- actually is inspired by real events. Correct, Mondo. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. And a lot of them are in other relationships and meet, uh, you know. But I do think that there's a type of person yes. out there. And there's lo- probably lots of them, but there's a, a type that, like, that so it would be nice. To I had make. success with a guy in the sense that we hit it off, but he lived very, very far away. Is he the Australian? Yeah, he lives 36 hours away. I hear you. And uh, I went on a date with a guy specifically because he reminded me. Of him? Of him. Oh, wow. And I would not never have gone on a date with this guy otherwise. And I'm glad I did because it was a great date. But attraction-wise and the pictures and everything, I never would have gone on a date with him. I never would have considered him. So when was that? Mm, Three months ago. Oh, but nothing. It didn't We went on a couple of dates. Yeah. Um, Turns out he wanted to go to some sex parties. (laughs) Really? I... uh, How do you (laughs) approach... How do you say to one, hey, sex party? (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to decide how personal I want to get right now. <laughs> and the buzzer has gone off, so you could technically just be like, I'm done. <laughs> okay. You don't have to talk no, about no, that. No, no, let me think about okay. this. Just give me a second. Sex party. Da, 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 oh. da, da, da. All right. They're very common. There are... I looked this up after I was asked, because then I became very curious as to what this phenomenon... Was his words sex party? Yeah, he told me about... But that's what they're called, sex party. Yeah. Okay. It's a party where everyone just has sex. Sex. Yeah. If they With want. each other? With or? each other. You, men can, specifically what he was talking about, men can't go alone. Uh, Basically, the ticket in is a woman. Which right. I was very hyper aware of when he asked me. Because it felt more like I was his ticket in. Yeah, he needed you to get in. To get in, because he enjoyed the experiment experience so much. And, of course, he wanted me to be interested. He thought I'd be a great fit for whatever reason. <laughs> but Is that a compliment? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I do. I, I'm not offended by that at all, actually. I think it was a wonderful thing, because I've had... Lovers tell me before they they think they can they feel like they can be so open with me and they right. won't judge them. And the essence of that being that you have amazing chemistry with them because yeah. you're so open and you don't judge yourself, you don't judge them, and you allow them to experiment and do all these things that um, I think a lot of people are scared of. Yeah, and but intrigued by. But intrigued. By. Yeah. So I think it opens conversations that you normally wouldn't have. And it comes from a place of just being confident in your skin and knowing that who you are is beautiful as you are with all of the things you consider flaws. Um, And to embrace it in a way that you share it with someone. Right. I mean, that is amazing. And that is where explosive passion comes out of and a whole nother level of... And that took me, like, years. It took me a long time to get to. And certain person brought that out of me right but yeah he asked me to a sex party and what it is is the one he's a part of apparently you can be a member <laughs> and you can host them you he's, can host you them. can host them he said his favorite party was one that um 
he hosted with a previous girlfriend of his and you pick people and that was his favorite because you could pick them and I think that meant that I'm just insinuating that it meant they were the most attractive people he found or but I don't mean like so couples couples no I get it but so what happened no 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 I just couldn't imagine like inviting all your best friends around. I don't think it goes that way. No, you I, go like, you choose like yeah, sort of like half I, random people. Yeah, I think so. It, it's a community. So I don't think you're like best buds having coffee the next day at brunch. <laughs> Talking about that wild night <laughs> where, remember when this happened? Or, hey ladies, do you remember that guy oh at the party? God. So no, I don't think it's like that. I think they're there specifically for that. But you do socialize a bit. You have a drink, but you don't get drunk. You want everyone to be sober, so they're making decisions. Right, that decisions, are, yeah. right. It's yeah. female-oriented. Men cannot approach women. Women pick out the man, and then they designate how far they want to go or what they want to do. They talk to you. They initiate. Um, but you... How interesting. Yeah, but you go with a partner so that at least you can have your partner, partner there. Yeah. yeah. And if nothing else, if you don't want to have sex with anyone, great. You can have... If you don't want to have sex at all, great. But if you want to have sex with your partner and just the experience of being in an erotic environment, environment, you can. Which I think people discover because, honestly, the door was dirty talk. And then dirty talk leads to, like, sharing your your imagination and your daydreams. And then I think someone eventually asked, do you actually want to do that? And then if you're both curious and you trust each other enough, people try and experiment and go from there and decide whether or not they like it. He said he wasn't comfortable going to the first one, but his ex really wanted to go, and then he liked it so much, and he tried it again and again. And I mean, I understand how it could be erotic and amazing if you are in the right headspace. Um, but yeah. if you are all, at all self-conscious or jealous or any of those things... It could be disastrous. I think you have to go in almost selfish. Right. In the sense that I'm going purely to have a pleasurable experience for myself. Also, I want all the attention on me. I think that'd be amazing. I think the energy would be crazy. You'd have to be experimental, go in with an open mind, but the moment you have doubts, I imagine it could be detrimental to your self-esteem, especially if you're in love with your partner that you go with and they have any interaction with anyone else but you and or anyone else outside of you. Right, of course. And you weren't your reaction wasn't what you thought it would also, be. Also, I presume that people would not know what their reaction could be. Yeah. I, that's, I think that's why I was curious and that's why I wasn't offended. I was like, I wonder, honestly, the comedian in me was like, you should go so you can write a piece. Piece, yeah. That, that was the first thing that I thought to myself when he asked me and I wasn't going to say it. I was like, yes, I'm curious. I'm going to take notes and then make a comedy show about it. I, I really thought I at least need that experience for that. I don't care to have sex with people. It scares the crap out of me that body fluids are just hanging out. Apparently, yeah. The yeah, hygiene. The hygiene scares the crap out of me. Also, I think, well. But apparently there are such things as, do min- you know what a dental dam is? No. Do I, I want to know? I didn't what it- know what that was. Yeah, because I was like, a guy's protected by a condom, but like you can transmit things orally. And apparently for females, there's such thing as dental dam. So it just like, it's like a second skin that goes over everything. So that if someone goes orally, they actually aren't exchanging fluids with you. <laughs> Do you remember like Poison Ivy and Batman when she takes off her lips? I always think of that. Oh, no. Oh, 
okay. I didn't watch Batman, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, I always wish I'd had the older brother to like get me into movies like that. But I seal was that was his movie for Kiss for a Rose. Wait. Oh, Kiss from a Rose on the Grave. Ooh, yeah, that's that one. Stranger and Doctor Freeze. Arnold Schwarzenegger was Doctor Freeze. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Poison Ivy. Gosh, Uma Thurman was great as Poison Ivy. Uma. In my memory, I'm not gonna watch the movie again so that it stays pristine. You know, on movies. Yeah. Stay better. I have a few that I just re re rewatch. Yeah. But yeah, he invited me to a sex party. I wasn't offended. I was more offended in the fact that he didn't take more time to date me before him before asking. Before he, yeah. Yeah. And build trust or rapport or anything. Which, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be a serious relationship because he lives in a different country. But um, nonetheless, I don't care what level of relationship you have. There's a certain amount of respect that you show a person that you're intimate with. Yeah. And he did not meet that level of respect. How fascinating. I find like things like that, and there's so many different levels of it. And especially... Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be sexual, but just different comfort zones that people have. Like, when is it? When does it come appropriate to ask? Like, I, you know, and it, uh, I don't think there's a ever a time. No, no it's just time. you. It's the person. It's the content. And you'll get a feeling where yeah. it's like, yeah, but if I you think, got, if you misjudge it, it oh, can. I think this person in particular that asked me was confident and assertive. Um, but to a fault that he was was not reading me well right. and didn't take in the fact that I needed more care. I do. I remember when I was younger and I, I've never really um, taken drugs. I just don't. I'm, it's not really my thing. Um, not that I poo-poo it or anything. I just, yeah. you know, but just... I remember um, this one guy that I had a crush on was like, why don't you? Like, why don't you just try it? I was like, I don't know, and he goes, I'll I'll look after you, like if you if you do it tonight, like I'll. And it was just, I nearly did it just because this guy I liked said he would look after me. Oh, the attention of yeah. being looked after, and that he wanted to look after me, like you know that. Yeah. And then I that but, he wanted you to have that experience enough to say, hey, I'll I'll look after you. Yeah. yeah. And then I realized I just didn't want the. Ex- I I didn't really care for the. Ex- yeah. But, I was like, I'd... it was more him that. But yeah, it was the only. It was the f- only real time I've like properly considered, just, but it was purely just to have his attention rather than take the, whatever it was. Mm. I don't remember. I think it was like a pill or something. But I. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd have to be c- incredibly comfortable. The only drug I've done is marijuana. In fact, wait, no, I just tried something else recently. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was with a friend that was uh, that had had it before and explained to me the effects. And yeah, I like to do my research before. I need to know what's what the hell's going what's on. What's going on? And yeah. where it's from, and if I feel comfortable with the people around me. But yeah, that just came with time too. It's like everything. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Should Yay. we should we call that, it quits? Did I ever answer your question? By the way, I don't even know what questions I had about. Dating. Oh, kind of what you're. Well, no, I. I mean, we. I didn't realize we'd run out. I didn't realize that we ran out of time. Well, just. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Anyone can just stop listening. But you asked a major question two thirds in, or like a third in, regarding dating and my love life and 
how it was going. Um, I, I just wanted thought, to I kind of, for you. It was a big question. Well, I feel like I just said, where are you at with it all? Like, oh. well, like how big a deal, you know, is it at the moment? Uh, it's it's um, troughs and peaks. So oh. I was saying troughs and peaks, up and down, yeah, like a wave. Um, so when I had my peak the other month, I went on that date. And I we had put the same age, right? Twenty eight. Yeah, I yeah. just turned twenty eight. Um, and then right after that, after he asked me for the sex party and I wasn't feeling it, I completely logged off of all of the dating stuff yeah. and I deleted it off my phone because um, I just then became introverted and I didn't feel like it and there was a lot of reflection I wanted to go about doing because I think whenever you have an experience like that, you need time to absorb what you're learning. Otherwise, you're just using it as an escape route from your life. Right. And I really want to observe what my actions say about me and the people I'm choosing and who I, who I choose to be around those people. Um, and then I like to go out there and just keep doing the things I love in hopes that I'll feel like I'll go out there again and, and put myself out there again. But the funny thing was that I took myself off of it. And now that I'm just focusing on the things I really love, like improv and comedy, um, I've been meeting more people, people there. Of course. That were friends. And as I've gotten to know them more, I'm like, oh, hello. Oh, I think you see me this way and I think I see you that way. Yeah. And it's happening a little more naturally. And that felt good to not have to date online. Because honestly, I hate dating me online. Too. It's not fun for me. Although we know many people that have successfully yeah. found their husbands, boyfriends, etc. I don't think it's like, uh, no, um, it's but just... it just takes all the romance out of it. But that's to say because I just haven't had the great experience of it yet. I'm sure if I had gone and met someone wonderful, I'd be like, you should just stick with that's it. That's what all the people that are saying, you just, it's a numbers game, just keep trying. The ones that are encouraging are because you're usually They've in a relationship. Yeah. Which is, I mean, so they should be. Like, yeah, but yeah. I don't, I get sick of hearing that. Don't tell me that. You're in love. Yeah. Get out of my face. <laughs> I go home alone and I eat whatever I want because no one judges me. Yeah, I like, watched that movie for the 50th time <laughs> because I can. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um. So your song, because I'm just always going to oh, tack yeah. it onto the song. Yeah. I can't believe that was crazy. So I text Florence this morning saying, um, oh probably while I was listening to the song. That's incredible. Like, what's your favorite love song? And so why? Okay. So say the song. Um. Uh, it's by Desiree. Yeah. I'm kissing you. Yeah. And I chose it because I love Baz Luhrmann and I love Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet. And there's a scene, I had to oscillate between the two movies cause there's love songs in both, but Romeo and Juliet has this beautiful scene when they, Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio are looking at each other through the fish tank. And there's this beautiful song that comes on in the background and that's the song. So and in that song itself, there is every emotion of meeting the person, um, heightening, getting to know them, and love, like all in that song, even though there's like only 20 words total in the song that you can't even understand. <laughs> I know, but when it comes on, everyone's faking those words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just builds oh. and builds. There's that part where the violin comes in, and then I'm, I'm done. So you haven't, you love it from the experience of listening to it, it doesn't like tap into a story or? No, I love it because it's in Romeo and Juliet and that's the scene that sticks out in my mind and I love that scene. It's yeah, one of my it's favorite so scenes beautiful. in any movie. 
Yeah. It's in the trailer as well. And I think they had that as the video clip for that song. Oh. So it's like even bit it's so built that scene, yeah. especially looking through the yeah, the glass, the and fish. She just tank. gives such an emotional performance. Yeah, those eyes. That oh. and he, God Leo. Well no, um Desiree or Desiree, I butchered the name. Yeah, she's a she's retired British R and B vocalist. But um she just hits these notes that like hit your heart like hit you deep in every emotion that you feel. You, and and it, it stays with you for so long after, and I love that song. Yeah. Cool. So that was incredible that you I listened to it. it for, so I haven't Three listened to it for today. years. Me neither. But my dad had the album growing up, and I used to oh. listen to it a lot. And that song was like it was incredible. I mean, mum had it. I don't yeah. know who had it, but I used to put it on a lot. And yeah. I went to work at Sunday today, but I just went to work to do a few um, hours. And I, um, for some reason, I just I was like, you know what, I want. Romeo and Juliet soundtrack yeah. and then I put it and my friend actually came in and she was walk, working upstairs and she's like I love this <laughs> like it just says it's so it, there's a cultural like yeah. importance to that song so I'm gonna add it so I've started a Spotify playlist Essie's yes! Arrow Love playlist so I'll yes! add that to it I <laughs> am I can't believe you listened to it three times a day yeah, and I then did. you asked me that question and, and I dug through my brain and that was the thing that really stuck out same wavelength i love that i All love right. it thanks for coming on thank the show thank you so honey. much for having me Many i hope times. i hope you have a long life with this show and that i get to come back oh you i hope yeah i i think it's just gonna change from time t- what i love right now is i don't when people are like what's it about or what you know why are you i don't really have an answer yet yeah which is nice, I, mm-hmm. you know, and but like the branding side of me is like, no, I should have a mission statement, I should have a tagline, I should have this, and I'm just, I'm you like, get there. it's okay. It'll, yeah. it'll well, come. that's how I feel in my career right now. Uh, I'm going, I should have all these things, but I don't, don't. know who I am well enough in this atmosphere yeah. to have it. So chill out. To so chill out and, and just keep okay. doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, honey. Thank you so much. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. Bye.
Oh, oh, oh.